Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Let's take our Bibles and go. Um, well, we're going to, if you would, look on the screen with me this morning at a couple of different versions, and then we're going to jump over to James. But we're in the, the family series, and we're picking that back up today and maybe be there in the next couple of weeks and finish out. But I'm, I'm also excited about the next series coming up. We're going to do a whole series on the Holy Spirit. And uh, I've got some, some good things, I believe, that the Lord is uh, showing me to, to help you and to reveal to you the person of the Spirit, the function of the Spirit, the power of the Spirit, the glory of the Spirit. Anyway, I'm, I'm, I don't need to preach it right now. Okay. I love talking about the Holy Spirit. Uh, but one of the things I want to really talk about this, mom, this morning in the next few minutes is the, uh, one of the greatest pressures that is on the family today, and maybe you're experiencing this now or have at some point in your marriage and, and, and with your family, is financial pressure. It is, it is not the will of God in my family that we have financial pressure and strain in our lives. That's not his purpose. Of, of all the difficulties and troubles that we as families do face and that we do endure, uh, this one is really tough sometimes. And it can, it can put a lot of weight on, on you and, and your marriage and your, your children, your whole house. It, it's, it has been the demise of many good marriages, actually. Financial strain and pressure and begins to lock down uh, communication, you know, and, and cut off lines of communication. Before long, this couple doesn't really understand what's happened. Or what, what happened? We were so in love, you know, and then, but then the pressure comes in, you know, and stuff starts shutting down. Intimacy uh, dries up and love and respect for each other, and among many other things, uh, begins to go awry. So that's why we need to look at the scriptures. I'm going to give you some tools, some wisdom here from God. Can you receive that today? I think that's why you came. I don't think you just came to hear me. You came to hear from God, and I'm happy to represent him. And that, that these things will help you move forward in your life, and these tools will help you grow and equip you for what's out there. And, and not only that, but when you apply these things to your life, great things happen. Great things happen. The Amplified Version of Proverbs 24 it says, through skillful and godly wisdom, a house, a life, a family, a home, a family is built. How is it built? Through skillful and godly wisdom. And by understanding, it is established on a sound and good foundation. Verse 4. And by knowledge, its rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. That's some good stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Through godly wisdom, through knowledge, through understanding, you get all of this good stuff in your house. The Living Bible, we're going to brings it to us in a little more practical uh, terms. And look at this. Any enterprise, speaking of your life, your house, your family, is built by wise planning, becomes strong through common sense, and profits wonderfully by keeping abreast of the facts. Ooh. So our lives are built, our homes are built, our families are built on these Three things here, right? Wise planning, common sense, keeping abreast of the facts. So I've, I've just going to give you some words that I've alliterated, so that maybe help you remember this and take this home. Three things, all right? Number one, upwards. Everybody say upwards. All right, this has to do with seeking wisdom from above, all right? Wise planning. Next, common sense. Say upstairs. Yeah, now we've got to get our brains intact here too, engaged in what we're doing. And thirdly, keeping abreast of the facts, updates. That is, check in on what's going on. 
All right? Stay aware of what's happening in your life. Uh, James chapter 3 says, verse 14 says, If you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. 17, but the wisdom that is from where? Above. Upwards. The wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Right there, that's the kind of wisdom that this is saying that a home, a life, and a family is built on. God's wisdom is from above. And what I love about this wisdom is that it comes to us freely. The book of James says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives it liberally. But let him ask in faith. That's the key, is to believe it. To believe that he is going to give you that wisdom. See, God, God is so gracious in that way. He gives it liberally, and the scripture says, without rebuke or without reproach. What that means is, is that God's not going to act like us in this deal. Maybe you know what I'm talking about when you want to offer some advice, but you hold it back so that maybe your child will come and seek it out. Or maybe you're, you have an employee that does that. You watch them go through it, this stuff over and over again, and then finally they come to you and your first thought or maybe your first words are, well, it's about time. Amen. But God doesn't do that. God doesn't treat us like we treat others. <laughs> Amen. He gives it liberally. He gives it liberally. I love that. So it's free, and there's a bunch of it. So go get it. And then there's common sense. Everybody say upstairs. Upstairs. Oh, yeah, that beautiful gray matter in your head is there to put to good use. Amen. And then keeping abreast of the facts, updates. Pay attention to what's going on. Let's say these three together. Upwards, upstairs, and updates. God talks a lot. You might not know this, but God speaks a lot, especially in the, the ministry of Jesus. He talks a lot about finances. He talks a lot about money. Well, I thought the preacher talked about money too. Well, we do. It's part of life. But this is kind of interesting that he, uh, among, above many other very important subjects, let's say like water baptism, for instance. How many of you think water baptism is important? Hi, Jeannie yeah. Baker. Yeah. It's so good to see you. Wow. Are you a cypressoras? I love you, lady. Um, so, water baptism, there's a lot of division in the church over just water baptism itself, right? And it has to do in these areas. Well, do we sprinkle them or do we dunk them all the way under water? So, we have division over it. Uh, what age should they get water baptized? So, we have division over it, right? Do you baptize in the name of Jesus only or do you use that Father, Son, and Holy Spirit stuff? So, we have division over it. It's ridiculous. It's really ridiculous. Or, or, or are you, do you have to be, uh, believe and be baptized in order to be saved? Or do you just believe and get saved and then be baptized in your walk with God? So we have division over it. But see, God knows this about you and knows this about the family. That is that there's a lot more relevance to money in your family than there is division over baptism. 
So that's why God brings us a lot of wisdom on this subject of finances, okay? And so that's what you're going to receive today is some wisdom. Now, I know, I know what time it is. If you know, Pastor, why don't you do something about it? No, I'm just kidding. Now, I, I won't keep you terribly long. We'll just take this up next week or something, a couple of weeks, whatever. Many times, the reason there is, I want to just, can we be honest today? Is it okay if we be honest? I'm talking to adults, right? Just sometimes I have to remind myself I'm talking to adults, right? Because it's funny to me. I've just observed this through the years. I'm not saying it happens here. I'm just saying through my years of ministry, I have seen adults act like adults until money comes up, and then they'll start acting like babies. It's the weirdest switch. Like, what happened to you? Where's that maturity? Where's that thinking? Hmm? Amen. Because money is so dear to us, because it's so close to our lives, because it really does represent our lives. Time spent is money earned, right? And so it, it is so closely related to us. It's so, such a part of us. But, but the Lord wants us to understand and get the right perspective about what money is and who we are with this money and how this thing operates. But many times the reason that so much financial trouble in homes is because people simply don't apply God's wisdom to their lives. Wise planning, common sense, keeping abreast of the facts. Now, Heather and I, we've experienced financial difficulty, especially early on. And most of that was because of me. Thank you for not shouting amen, honey. I appreciate that. <laughs> She's very kind. I mean, really, I mean, I, didn't, I wasn't using godly wisdom when I should have. Common sense. Thank God she stayed with me. We've always been givers. That's something that we made up our minds a long time ago to be givers. Never have anything between us and God, you know? And, and just give it any. Don't just give, just give. But we could have been a lot better givers at times in our lives had we not been under that financial pressure. That we brought on ourselves, that I brought on ourselves. Hey, one of those biggest financial traps that is out there, I might get into your life a little bit here, okay? It's all right. I'm, I'm, I'm going there is the great credit card. It should just be called debt card. That's really what it is. All right? Now, I understand that there are credit cards out there, that there are benefits to those things, and if you do it right, if you do it right, then it can actually be beneficial. But I'm talking about as a norm. See, here's, they want you to purchase things with this card. Right? They want you to purchase things with this card, and then they, then they offer this really cool benefit called the minimum balance. You don't have to pay the whole thing off. As a matter of fact, we recommend that you don't ever pay the whole thing off. We just want you paying that minimum balance so that we can charge you 20, 25, 30, 35% interest on it. Can we do the math for a second? If, if you've got 20 to 30% interest coming on a credit card and you're drawing 1 to 2 to 3% interest in your bank account, well, you just do the math here. You're losing. Amen. Just pay that minimum balance. Just keep paying, keep paying. They don't care. They want you to pay it the rest of your life. And then when you die, just hand that debt right down to your kids, and so it goes. If you can't pay the credit card off in a month, don't do it. Huh? There's a good rule of thumb. If you know you can't pay that thing, don't. Pay for it. Don't buy it. Amen. 
Because when you go beyond your means and you continue to just amass debt in your life, then you become servant to that which you should be master. And money is a very cruel master. It's harsh and it's demanding. And it will steal from you. Look at this. What, look at Jesus says in Matthew 6, 24. Are you all right out there? Is it hurting so good? Hurt so good. Come on, baby, make it hurt so good. All right. Anybody that's 40 and over probably was with me there. All right. Can you name the artist? Yes. Good call. Oh, you said that like you've heard it once or twice, Mary Beth. It's good. Or then there's Brian Adams, too. Cuts like a knife, but it feels so right. All right. That's what the Word of God does. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other. Now, Jesus is making comparisons here. All right? He's not necessarily saying that you hate God. What he's saying is compared to the, the time and attention you have to give to this, it looks like hate. Hate one, love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, which means money or wealth or riches. So you have to give most of your time to one of those two things. And if you're serving money, then your life will eventually become consumed with it. You'll be consumed with making it. Do you see how the priorities just got way out of whack? All right? And, and when your job is the most important thing to you, then you'll throw all of yourself into your work, all your energy, your time, get over time, pick that up as much as possible, even take on other jobs in service to your master. And when that is your state in life, then God's just going to get a few leftovers from you. And th that leftover time is going to be tired time. Huh? You're going to be worn out. You're not going to feel like going to church. Because you have spent your life making money. And so when Sunday comes around, I hear this all the time. Pastor, it's just my one day to sleep in. I know. I know. And you've got the wrong master. That's okay if I said that. As Brother Bill Winston says, say amen to that. If you're serving money, then your life's going to be consumed with it. And God has such a great plan for us. He has such a great plan for you. He has plans to prosper you. He has plans to show you his goodness. He wants what is best for you because he loves you. And the wisdom of this world is really just foolishness. Buy it right now. Buy it today. Buy it. Pay tomorrow. Pay somewhere down the road. Hey, I'm not here trying to throw rocks at anybody. I live in a glass house myself, all right? So I'm just here to, as someone speaking to you who's gone down some of those rocky roads financially, and I want to help you not have to go through that and get out of that as quickly as possible, okay? Because being out from under that debt, being out from under that pressure, my God in heaven, once we officially, once we really came out from under that, I'm never going back. I'm not going back. I'm <laughs> All right. Because you're not meant to be a slave. You were created to be master. You are. We are at the top of the food chain on this earth, contrary to all those organizations out there.
I'm not going to name any of them. Shouldn't even said anything. But let's, God said, he blessed the man and the woman. He said, be fruitful and multiply. Subdue the earth. Have dominion. Have dominion. In other words, act like me. Amen. Take charge. As the church, Jesus said that we, as the church, are a city set on a hill. Do you see the position that God, how he sees us in the earth? It's a mighty, mighty place. Turn to your neighbor tell him, you're the light of the world. See, you're the light of the world. That's what Jesus said. You are the light of the world. And we're not meant to be hidden. We're meant to display. What are, we, what are we showing? What are we showing the world? What is this light? It's his goodness. It's his grace. It's his love. It's his power. It's his salvation. It's his healing. It's his, it's his love. It's his mercy. That's what we're here for. And, but if the people of God are bound in chains of debt, then we cannot properly demonstrate our God who is exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. I mean, how much can you really be a blessing if you're not experiencing the blessing yourself? And wise planning requires that you and I look up, and by looking up, what we're really doing is looking down the road. Because wisdom looks ahead, not just living for the moment. And Peter tells us that his divine power has given us all things that pertain to godliness, to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. Isn't that an amazing thing, what God has done? It says he's given us all things that pertain to life. And I know, you know, you might be like me. You look around your life and go, well, I don't see all that happening. But it's, it's still true. So how then, if this is true, and it is, and then that means that we can have access to it. So what is the access to that from where I am here? Where's that doorway? And it always is, my family, faith in God. Faith is always your access into his grace. All right, this is grace coming to you. And in the same way that you got saved, how did you get saved? You believed. You believed that gospel. Christ died for my sins. He was buried. He rose again from the dead. That right there, your whole life changed right there. And believing that good news, everything changed when grace met faith. And for the rest of your life, your faith is going to meet his grace. And this is how you're going to experience the God kind of life that he came to give you. It's not just about your beginning. It's about your everyday life. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. How did you receive him? By faith. How are you going to walk? By faith. Amen. So, let's go to one last place. Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9. Can you take a little bit more? You know, we find out what we have in his word, and his word is his will. Hebrews chapter 9 says, For where there is a testament or a will, there must also of necessity be the teth, the death, the death, of the testator, or as Siri says, she says, testator. Of the testator, for a testament is in force after men are dead, since it has no power at all while the one who wrote the will lives. Right? Isn't that awesome? The will isn't in force until the one who wrote the will dies. Oh, I need a girl. Faith. If you had, you found out that you had this rich uncle that uh, when he passed away, he left you some money. And this lawyer calls you up and says, Faith, on October the 12th, I need you to come and, uh, because you are in uh, your uncle's will and he has left you a significant something. Are you going to show up there? <laughs> what if you got to work? 
you take off work. How many of you are going to make that appointment? You're going to, you're going to shift whatever you got to. You got, you're going to make the appointment to hear the reading of this will. I think you might sense where I'm going with this. You're going to make the appointment. You're going, to, you're, going to, you're going to move some things aside. You're going to prioritize that time to hear what's in that will. Because your name's in there. And you get there on, on October the 12th. You show up early. And they call you in. They have all these people there. and They're going through all their stuff. And then finally you hear those words. And to my niece, Faith Winchell, I do hereby, henceforth and straightway, bequeath. <laughs> I speak of King James. <laughs> Bequeath $3 million. And you take it all in. <gasps> Effective when you die. Effective when I die? This sweet uncle is now just a scoundrel. What good is it going to do you at your death? Hmm? That will does you no good. That $3 million does you no good. The will's not enforced. When we die, our inheritance doesn't come. We die. When I was growing up, we sang songs like everything sucked on earth and everything was only going to be good in heaven. Right? And we sang songs like, as I travel through this pilgrim land, there is a friend who walks with me. We're so foot sore and poorly shod down here. Oh, God, in our misery and our trouble, look down upon us, unworthy worms. But when we get to heaven, oh, it's going to be so wonderful. It's going to be so good. Beulah land, I longing for you. Everything's going to be beautiful on the other side. When we all get to heaven. But for now, mm -mm. That's not, I mean, that's true. Heaven's better, no doubt, and it's great, but God has an inheritance for you now because guess what? We just read that the testator died already. And the one who enforced that will, the one who enforced that will has brought to you and I an inheritance. Woo, he offers up an inheritance to you today. You might not have even had this in your brain this morning in your thinking when you were coming to church that when you were coming, you made an appointment to come to hear the reading of the will and what's in it for you. And we open up this word of God, we open up this will, you find out what your inheritance is. And let me tell you something, he's given you all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. The scripture says that in him, in Christ Jesus, all God's promises are in him, yes, and amen. That makes going to church a little more fun, doesn't it? Kind of makes it a little more personal. What do you want to do? I'm going to the reading of the will today. I have prioritized my time. I don't care. I ain't letting nothing stop me from making that appointment to hear the reading of the will. That's good preaching, Pastor Eric. Thank you very much. I know. And you do have an inheritance. You do have an inheritance. So now, brethren, Acts 20 says, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Wow. Wow. You might be in some serious financial trouble today. I, that's why I'm really glad you came. Because I want to 
instill hope in you today. I want you to grab a hold of this word and believe that there's more for you than what you see. And there is a way out of your financial trouble. There really is a way out. But I'm telling you, a lot of it is very practical. No doubt, God can do anything. My brother and I, we owned a business years ago. Uh, we didn't know the first thing we were doing. It was a music store, and we had a recording studio. And that's just something that we loved all of our lives. And then we, we bought the business. We were like, oh, we got to, like, run stuff? I thought we'd just build over playing guitar and recording music all day long. I mean, we were awful at it. And we had, uh, we had a $10,000 debt from the bank hanging over our heads because we had to spend a little money to get some inventory in the store. And once we, we shut the whole thing down, and, well, what a learning experience. It's amazing this woman stayed with me through all that. But we have this $10,000 debt hanging over us. And lo and behold, I don't know, maybe about two months later, two months after we had closed it up, my brother and I both get a letter from the bank that we had taken that loan out from and said, debt canceled. $10,000 canceled. Over. God did that. God did that. There are those supernatural, those are all those things that are outside of your means to do that happen, and it's glorious. But my family, he expects you and I to instill in our situation godly wisdom, common sense, Staying aware of what's going on. Keeping abreast of the facts. All right? This is our part in this deal. While we no doubt have an expectation that God can do what he can do. All right? That doesn't mean that we're relieved of all responsibility. No, we have responsibility, and that is to have dominion and to be good stewards of the things that God has brought into our life. Amen? Let's pray for a moment. Father, thank you for your help right now. Thank you that you're a very present help in time of need. I thank you, Lord, for... Your blessing that is upon your children today. And Lord, it is your good pleasure to give us the kingdom. Lord, it is, you're able to do, you're able to do far above what we could dream, ask, or think. And knowing that you're able, we also know that you're willing. Help us, God, to get our thinking right on this, to do what we know we should be doing to not act stupid with our money, to not act foolish and, and, and pretend like we don't understand what's going on. Help us, Lord, to take personal responsibility where we need to and to begin to steward our things, steward what you've given us, steward our money, steward our finances, Lord, as you've called us to, with wisdom, common sense, and regular checkups, Lord. Thank you, Father, for being a very present help. Lord, there are some here today who really need some help. God, they, they, they've they kind of come to the place where it's, they, they just can't see that way out. But Jesus, you said, I am the way. And as long as he is the way, there's always a way. That you see ways that we don't see and you know ways we don't know. So I pray now, God, that hope would rise in their hearts that faith would come for them to believe. No matter what they're experiencing right now, no matter the pressure they may be under right now, that they'll step up in faith and say, I believe God. I believe God is on my side. I believe God has grace and mercy for me when I've been dumb. And he does. Let your grace and mercy be abundant to them. And God, lead them by your spirit out from under 
this pressure, out from under this debt, out from under this slavery, to be free to master the things that you've called them to master. And I thank you, Lord, right now for doing it, for your help in time of need, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.